0: Good morning, everyone at RCC. If you guys want to start to slowly make your way to your seats, it is going to be such an awesome service. I am so excited. And good morning to everyone who's on our live stream. We are so happy that you're joining us this morning. If you are new, I'd love for you to drop a comment in the comment section below so we can give you a proper welcome. All right, so let's get started with today's announcements. For our very first announcement, for all of our young adults in the church, directly after service, we are going to have a community service project available for you. So if you wanna come after service, there'll be pizza, you'll get a little bit more information of what we're gonna be doing in the next coming weeks, and it's gonna be a really awesome way to give back to your community. And then for everyone who is feeling musical or feeling festive this season, we have our caroling group. It's gonna be December the 22nd from five 5:30. We'll be visiting some houses in our community, some church friends, and we'll just be blessing them with a song or two. Everyone is welcome, no matter how well or creative you sing. We would love to see you there. So again, that's going to be 5:30, the 22nd. Come on out. We would love to have you. And then also. For our Christmas Eve, if you've been to RCC or you're familiar with us, we always do a Christmas light service. So that's going to be outside of the table space, if the weather permits, if not, we'll have it indoors. But what you'll do is we'll be in prayer, we'll probably sing some songs, there'll be some candlelight, and it's just a really beautiful way to be excited about Christmas. So Christmas Eve, 5.30, outside the table, we would love to have your family and your friends come for that event. All right, so that is the end of all of our announcements, and we're going to move into one of my favorite parts, the lectionary reading. So if you're unfamiliar with the lectionary, it is a series of passages that the Universal Church reads. It keeps us all together and united, and it works through the Bible in three years. So today's psalm is going to come from Psalm 89, and I would love it if you guys would stand with us as we read the Word of God. So it says... I will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever. With my mouth, I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I said, steadfast love will be built up forever in the heavens, and you will establish your faithfulness. You have said, I have made a covenant with my chosen ones. I have sworn to David, my servant. I will establish your offspring forever and build your throne among all generations behold you spoke in a vision to your godly one and said i have granted help to one who is mighty i have exalted one chosen from the people i have found david my servant with my holy oil i have anointed him so that my hand shall be established with him my arm also shall strengthen him the enemy shall not outwit him the wicked should not humble I will crush his foes before him and strike down those who hate him. My faithfulness and steadfast love shall be with him. And in my name shall his horn be exalted. I will set his hand on the sea and his right hand on the rivers, and he shall cry to me, you are my father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. And so in this moment, I just invite you guys all to just start to settle whatever you brought with you from this week, that you just lay it at God's feet as an offering. Start to quiet your minds and open your hearts because God desperately wants to meet with you this morning. And so Father God, we just invite your presence into this space. Lord, may your presence be felt for everyone in the house of the Lord, or everyone at home in the presence of the Lord. God, you are good. God, we are so happy to be in the community of believers and to be encouraged by one another, to be challenged with one another, to love one another like you loved us. God, this morning, I I pray a special prayer for the families, for the people coming in town, for the acquaintances and the old friends. Lord, I just pray for a renewing of these bonds Lord, may the love that you have between the father and the holy spirit be seen in our communities today god you are such a good god and you are worthy of praise and so this morning god for some of us who are bringing challenging things we just worship in faith for what you are going to do lord we sing out prophetically because we know that the story ends in goodness and victory God, for us who bring in joy this morning, we are so thankful and we sing out of gratitude this morning in hopes that it spills over to the people in the pew next to us that they may see our joy as testimony, God. That you are so worthy to be praised. Thank you for meeting with us this morning. Thank you for speaking to us this morning. May we have ears to hear and eyes to see your hand at work. And in your son's holy name, we get to worship and pray. Amen.
1: Then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders the four living creatures said, amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. And so as we go into prayers of the people, may we remember that while we enter into the suffering of those all around us, that that's not where the story ends, that our suffering is not the end, but there is still a God sitting on the throne. And so we get to persevere with the comfort and the hope anchoring us that our story does not end in the suffering and the darkness doesn't get the final say. Come now, O Prince of Peace, make us one body. Come, O Lord Jesus, reconcile your people. With heavy hearts, we come to you during this time of waiting, this time of Advent, as we prepare for the coming of the one who is God's incarnate love. Only this year, this time, looks and feels and is very different as all the world shudders under the weight of COVID-19 pandemic, which has so far taken 300,000 lives in the U.S., which continues to stress the healthcare workers and facilities to their limits, which is causing the nationwide lockdowns in South Korea, Germany, and parts of England. And so we hold them in our hearts and ask your abundant mercy to shower down upon one and all in this hurting world. Come now, O Prince of Peace, for we are one body. Even as we pray for reconciliation and peace and we learn about the hundreds of thousands of children in New Zealand who have been abused, we learn of the winter storms threatening the Northwestern United States, causing harm and potential death for those who are homeless and threatened in the pandemic. And so we hold them in our hearts and ask your healing hand to rest upon one and all in this hurting world. Come now, O God of love, for we are one body. Come now and set us free, O God, our Savior. Come, O Lord Jesus, reconcile all nations. Even as we long for reconciliation, we learn that nearly 2.3 million children in Ethiopia have been cut off from humanitarian aid. We learn that half of Singapore's migrant workers are COVID positive. We learn that Boko Haram has kidnapped more than 300 male students from a school in Nigeria. So we hold them in our hearts and we ask your reconciling, reconciling spirit to fill one and all in this hurting world. Come now, O oh God, our savior, for we are one body. Come, hope of unity, make us one body. We pray for Kate's friend, Jacob, as he recovers still in the hospital from COVID-19. God, would you be near to him in the hospital room? We pray for Stephen Boggs as he continues his own healing journey from so many roadblocks. God, we thank you for what you have already done, and we thank you that the suffering doesn't end here, that the story doesn't end here, but there is more. And so we continue to declare healing for him make his body better than when it was mere months ago. We pray for Brenda Edie as she prepares for surgery this week. God, would you be near the Edie family? Would you give them all the comfort, your presence, food, and love that they need? Would you be near to them? We pray for Levi Crowd as his parents, as they Hopefully we'll have no uh, lasting impacts from COVID. God, would you keep them safe and would you keep the rest of their family safe and protected? And for each one of us who's sitting in this room with pain, with loneliness, with suffering, with fear, God, we surrender those to your throne and we say, God, we choose to trust that our suffering is not the end of the story and we choose to trust that you are still sitting on the throne and that there will be a day where all of us, every leader, every king, every nation, and every tongue will say, holy, holy, holy are you, God. We thank you. And we ask your kingdom to come and your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. May we not grow weary or tired of praying and asking for your kingdom to come and your will to be done.
2: And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him to the throne of his ancestors, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever of his kingdom, and there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born, will be holy. He will be called Son of God, and now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month of her who has said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. We watch and wait for Christ's coming. During this Advent season, we light candles of hope, peace, joy, and love, remembering the promises of God with prayer and thanksgiving. Today on the fourth Sunday of Advent, we light four candles, three purple for hope, love, and peace, and one pink candle for joy. We remember how the people of God longed for the coming of the Messiah, and we too look forward in hope of the day when Jesus will return. If you'll pray with me
0: by reading on the screen. Ever faithful God of Elizabeth and Mary, you visited your servants with news of the world's redemption and the coming of the Savior. Make our hearts leap with joy and fill our mouths with songs of praise that we may announce glad tidings of peace and welcome the Christ in our midst. Amen.
1: There it is. We've got a special surprise for you.
2: And that's all the people that were involved in the surprise. Would you turn your attention?
3: to Floods, rocks, hills, and plains Repeat the sound of joy Repeat the sound joy
0: Thank you so much, Jordan and Becca, for for making Advent Choir this year, and maybe even better than it was in the old days. That was awesome. All right, so this morning, I get the privilege of doing the blessing. Jessica was so good to let me steal that from her this morning. Um, And last week, we got the blessing through the voice of a child, and it was a blessing for the adults. And so this morning, our blessing is through a testimony, and it's for the families. So over the last few weeks, I have been witness to a miracle in the life of a friend. I've been privileged to watch the restoration of his family unfold. And as I have begun to pray for his father and his mother and his sibling and his friend, I have begun to include my own. And without noticing it, my heart shifted from A friendly indifference to a deep yearning to see family healed and to speak truth and love to those whose faces I've been most accustomed. You see, in watching him find his place, I began to be reminded of my own. For many of us, family was our first community. It's where we learned our uniqueness and our oneness. And between four familiar walls, we are taught unspoken lessons of love, and we find the backbone of our ideas of God, the divine Father. And while we are painfully aware that no family is perfect, and many of us have found new homes and sacred places and made family out of friends, there is something about family that always seems to call us back home. And so this morning, I'd like to call you back home in prayer. And let us not forget that ministry often begins at home, and that Mary shared divine secrets to a cousin before she ever shared them to the world, and that John the Baptist prepared a way for his kin, and Christ left to prepare for us a place that he called a home. And so this morning, I bless you. I bless your family to be one as God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are one. May the giving and the receiving of unconditional love become your legacy. And may the gospel be shared at your dinner tables and soul saved before dessert. And may your bedtime prayers talk truths in your children's heart and the bedtime stories teach them that they too can talk to God. And may those who are hurting sense deep restoration on the horizon. May their hearts be moved towards forgiveness and love. And may the Lord stitch back together broken bonds and revive strained relationships and may the prodigal children all come home. And for those who are affected with COVID, I pray the Lord has mercy. May he protect the vulnerable and restore the sick to health. May he be a companion to the isolated and the quarantined, and may we all find fresh ways to celebrate this year. I bless the mothers. May your children know God's kindness because of you. And I bless the fathers. May your children know God's delight because of you. And I bless the children, us young and old. May our joy and our easy trust be a lesson to our elders. And in God's name, I send you off blessed.
4: Honestly, after all of that, I appreciate it. Mariah, uh, Jordan, Becca. Oh, that was amazing. Guys, just, Jordan, stand for a second. Becca, stand for a second. Mariah, stand for one second. I just want to bless you um, to be refilled after that. And so, Jesus, I thank you for all the work poured out and the heart poured in. I pray that you would bless the work that they've done, the work that they continue to do, and fill them overflowing. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to jump into—we're not going to stay here forever, but I feel like I definitely have a message to share with you. And so I want to say thank you for being here, for each of you that are here today. Your presence in this place is more than just a pass-through. And my hope today is that you recognize the small invitations of the Spirit along the way, because that's what the Spirit has been doing for all of us, inviting us in different ways throughout this year. My hope is that you don't get to 2021, because I started to realize everybody's really like low-key, forget 2020, but 2021 is coming in a couple weeks, and we're going to be in 2021, and we're all going to have that feeling like it's gone, but 2021 will look like it looks right now when it starts. That's not discouraging for me. That's encouraging because I know the Spirit of God is hovering. The Spirit of God is filling and moving and speaking into. And so your invitations are coming left and right. You're being invited into the depths of the heart of God. And it's different for each of us because he knows so, so well how we would respond. We're going to hear about Mary's story today, who I think is the picture of discipleship. She's the picture of of the Spirit of God birthing Jesus in someone, the goal of discipleship. But as we move into it today, notice the invitations already. Don't just sit through this. God can move anywhere, right? Anywhere in your car, at your work, at Rev Coffee, even at Dunkin' Donuts. He can move. He does for me. But today you're in a sacred space. This is not replaceable by other things, And so while you're here, notice the promptings in your heart through the songs we sing where we say, we're here for you, through the prayers we pray that Kara prayed where we say, we need you, through a message that's spoken, hopefully intelligible, so that God is speaking to our specific community by the word that is spoken, which is how he speaks to the world. All of these sacred things are meaningful. And in this hour and a half space, the invitations are flowing. Will we be present enough to receive the invitations with joy? Will we notice when our heart goes, oh wow? Will we let the emotions flow that we just when we watched that video and Sloan was singing at the end? These are the specific invitations of the Spirit. This is important. And it's important for you to recognize this as you head into 21, because he is still going to be active and moving and hovering over the waters of our lives. That's what he does. He works. God breaks in. He incarnates. I'm going to read you Luke 1. I'm going to read you three portions of Luke 1. But the first part we're going to read, you've already heard. Actually, you haven't. This is Luke 1, through 38. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name what? Amen. Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High God, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of this kingdom there will be no end forever. And Mary said to the angel, "How, how will this be since I'm a virgin? Pretty good question. And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, 60. She was 60. That was her old age. She's also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who has been called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, this is the big yes, right? Behold, I am your servant, Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. A couple things about this, just right off the bat, that you need to be aware of. The first thing that happens to Mary is she's met by an angel. The angel says, God be with you. And the angel tells her, Do not be afraid because you've received favor. It's kind of an, an interesting thing that all throughout Scripture, whenever the presence of God shows up, the first response is fear. You can read through the, the opportunities in Scripture. The first response is fear because, oh my goodness, what will we do? But the appropriate response to the presence of God is joy, as we see in Mary. So she says, how will you allow me to be pregnant, which is a great question for a 13-year-old girl? Think about that. Just bring that to life. This is Mary, whom we lovingly will look at pictures of her and drive past churches that have figurines and this is a 13 year old girl how will this happen you've received favor so she's probably like well what do i do and so interestingly she's told her cousin elizabeth is also pregnant and go and visit elizabeth because nothing is impossible for god Right? Nothing is too hard for God. And she says, yes, he can be trusted. So this is interesting to me. I want to read you the next portion of this. You can pull up Luke 1, 39 through 45. I'm not going to spend a ton of time in this. So in those days, Mary rose and went in haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb I'm going to get sidetracked right here. The baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, this is Elizabeth speaking to Mary, a 60-year-old speaking to a 13-year-old after traveling 80 miles on a dangerous road. She exclaimed to her, let me find my place. Blessed are you among women, 13-year-old girl, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, this is Elizabeth speaking again, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Really important here. She's visited by an angel. The angel comes and tells her, You're going to give birth to a child. The child will be God, it'll be Jesus. Well, how? I'm 13 and I have not been with a man. Well, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and birth Jesus in you. She travels 80 miles and goes to see her friend Elizabeth. She stays there for three months, right? How special is it to know that there is someone in our lives when God begins to birth something in us that can help the thing that God is birthing grow? She didn't stay at Elizabeth South, we'll hear in a second, forever. This embodiment of receiving Jesus, birthed by the Holy Spirit, didn't mean that she would live with Elizabeth and just worship in their living room forever. She would turn into a prophetic songwriter, singer. (laughs) I'll share with in a minute. How important is it for spiritual friendships, especially when the Spirit of God begins to move in you? How important, important is it for mentoring? mentorship, discipleship, community, when the Spirit of God begins to move in you. It's not replaceable. I've already explained to you the importance of this space, but the importance of what it means to be discipled, to have spiritual friendship, and to have someone in your life that notices the Jesus in you and is able to help you foster that. How important it is to have a spiritual friendship, a community, that says to you, I see what God is doing in you. I want to walk with you. I want to affirm and bless you. How important is it when you begin to sense the God movement in your life that someone around you can say, blessed am I to hear your story. Blessed am I to hear what God is doing in you. I'm walking with you. Come live with me for three months. I think we should start that. Alita's on board. She totally, she's actually doing it right now. So amen. How important is it for when we start to sense God to not build our ministries that moment, but let the fostering begin? you want to know what it looks like to be discipled? To be a disciple? It looks like hearing that there is something growing in your womb and then being pregnant for nine months. Yeah. Filling, absorbing, taking care. There's not a moment in a mother's, and I'm going to speak like I know what I'm talking about. I don't, no, I've, never, I've literally never been pregnant ever in my life. <laughs> I don't see that happening either but there's not a moment where you're like three months and you're like, oh, I forgot I was pregnant. (laughs) Not happening. All of life has changed with pregnancy. I know this because, like I said, I'm not a woman and I'm married to. Anyway, all of life has changed and your whole life begins to be what is coming. You foster, you feed, you learn, you go sit through classes about things that are really uncomfortable, really uncomfortable. You take care of what's being birthed. She travels to a friend's house who is 60 years old, talking to a 13-year-old. Who is leading in this? Blessed, be the, blessed I am to the mother, of, but she's 16, she's 13. What's happening in that environment? The Spirit of God is hovering over this relationship, birthing things, starting things. Both are in a situation where God is using them. Both are called together for the fostering of what God would do and it's for that time for them because the world needed it, not because they needed it. They didn't shut her down after nine months and Mary and Elizabeth start a ministry where they taught people how to travel and no, it was for the world. They weren't there to keep Jesus for themselves. But discipleship looks like the Holy Spirit birthing Jesus in you. The Holy Spirit's job is to reveal Jesus in you and through you and to allow that to grow because Jesus is a beautiful, redeeming, creating, moving, loving, moving from death to life. That's what his job is. Oh, that we would have that kind of friend. In fact, I I don't prophesy this. I pray it with all of everything that I can that next year you would have a friendship that would foster this in you. That you wouldn't just travel through 21 just kind of popping in and out of a church and maybe I'll, maybe I'll read this book and then maybe I'll watch this. I'll watch Chosen when it comes out, the second one. That's good enough. And that's, pretty, that's pretty good, so I understand. But that you would have a friend that you sit at their coffee table in the morning and at night and they ask you questions like, what is God doing in your heart? And that you don't run from that question. But that you say, I don't really know. Tell me, ask me more about what you're asking. That you say, I, don't, I feel like I don't wanna to talk to you about, that you interact with that, with a friend that fosters this in you because that's the role of the Holy Spirit and spiritual friendship and that's what God desires that we have so that Jesus can be birthed through us to our families, yes, Mariah, to the world, yes, Kara, through song, yes, everyone. This is the Holy Spirit. I wanna define what happens next by telling you, everybody say, Magnificat. And I'm gonna read you what this is because many of you don't know this. The Magnificat. This is Latin for my soul, magnifies the Lord, but it's also known as the Song of Mary. And what happens here after Elizabeth shares the blessing and affirms her and is like, oh, I'm so blessed to just have you here. This song comes out of her. She sings like spontaneously in person to her friend Elizabeth, probably on her doorstep just a song comes out. This song actually, before you start to be like, Mary's so beautiful, she mothered and nurtured. This song is actually, this song from scripture in the first portion of Luke was actually outlawed in nations. Not allowed to be sung, not allowed to be read in churches because what it did for people who were poor and oppressed, it made them think and believe they were actually equal. So, In the dirty war in Argentina, you couldn't even, you couldn't bring this passage into your church during that, right? When the Brits invaded India, you couldn't even read this text. They tried to pin it around town. They would tear them down because this might cause an uprising, and this is the point of the song. The point of the song is Jesus is coming, uprising's coming, Because Jesus takes all high places, brings them low, and he takes all low places, brings them high, and then he returns, remember, in that Isaiah passage? On that plane. So those of us with a lot of pride, we interact with Jesus and the Spirit of God as if it's harming us while we're being brought low. And those of us that are poor and marginalized and hurting and poor in spirit, we feel what it feels like to be brought up. And that leveling is where Jesus lives. So this song... This song is important. A couple of things of note. Her first response, get this, to the presence of God is joy. And joy comes through. She sings what she's feeling and it's joy. Her first response is not like, oh, boo, I hate the world and how terrible it is. Let's mount an attack and destroy everything that's bad. Her first response to the call of God is joy in the presence of God. We cannot live on mission without joy in the presence of God. Then we're just another voice saying a thing. But what is it about? It's not just about the leveling. It's about the returning on the leveling of who? Jesus. So Jesus is, he's enjoyed first. And out of that enjoyment comes this song of justice. But she's for sure enjoying it, right? She's singing spontaneously. We all love that, right? Well, some of us don't. We love when spontaneous song bursts forth, right? Right? How many of our spontaneous songs are prophetic in nature? How many of our spontaneous songs are justice-oriented? This song, the Magnificat, the Song of Mary, is about what Jesus comes to do, and he's the leveler. So a couple things of note. Longest words in the New Testament by a woman right here. This is the fourth song by a woman, and every time a song is sung in Scripture up to this point, it is to interact with the injustice and to bring a leveling every time. This is the fourth one. Zechariah has actually been silenced by the spirit recently. And a 13-year-old girl now shows up because he's been silenced to speak the words of the Lord at his house. I'm telling you, women, we're ready. Silence the men, right? My dad's like, well, you know, just kidding. He's on board. He's totally on board so we know sweet Mary but do we know prophetic Mary do we even know prophetic rightly do we know justice singer songwriter Mary that's probably like a little bit indigo girls ish like this song was banned do you don't want to pull up this this song has reversals in it and I'm going to read you what the reversals of this song are. You can pull up the, the reversals if I haven't. Have I already read it? I'm going to read it. I'm going to read the song. Hey, Josh, note to self. Maybe next time read the passage you're talking about. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. This is her spontaneous song. For he has looked upon the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me Blessed. in remembrance of his mercy. Remember, they were judged. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained there with Elizabeth about three months and then returned home. So here's the great reversals in this song. You can pull this up, Bill. The prophetic reversals of Mary's song. The humble and lowly will be blessed by God to bear his presence. She is the first example of this. 13-year-old. Think about what's happening with her. She is now pregnant and not by her husband in a culture that would kill a woman for speaking over a man. She now has to carry that burden. The humble and lowly will be blessed by God to bear his presence. So don't just think because you've got some kind of esteem because of where you came from, that that's your road in. You might have to travel downward to get there. And don't just think because you're broken and insecure and hurting and addicted and don't wanna to talk to people and you feel like you hate yourself, that God will not use you. You might be closer than anyone. You might be right at the spot where he's about to go, Bing. Men's menswear, I don't know how to say that. The proud will be scattered, the pride in our hearts is the core sin of all sin. It in, it's, it's in us, and out of that comes all the other stuff. The mighty will be brought down, and the humble will be lifted up. The hungry will be filled, and the rich will be sent away empty-handed. Ouch. Israel will go from being judged to receiving mercy. And the reason God lets this be a part of this song and gives these words to her is because he knows our hearts and the things that we desire because we go after a few things. We do this secretly. And you can go to the next slide, Bill. The ways we set ourselves apart. Everything that she sings against is the ways in which we believe we are to set ourselves apart to be significant and special. Avoid the lowly and seek high positions. It's, it's in all of us. Let pride guide our lives, it's in all of us. Rich get richer, more, more, more. Rich get richer, just for clarity's sake. If you're in this room, in the world's population, you are rich, just for clarity's sake. You're in about the top seven or 8% of the wealthiest people in the world. So we're the rich. Rich get richer, more, more, more. I believe we are to live in judgment and not mercy, and this is one that's kind of reversed, but we judge ourselves and we think we should because we should be better. We walk around, yeah, it should have been better, dang it. And then not sharing, not stepping in for the sake of justice, living our lives on our own, acting like, an actual, act, acting like things aren't happening when they're happening in a culture where we have strength and power to actually speak into them, acting like they're not there, this is what we do. No, that's not a thing, that's political. That's not, that's not the gospel. Her song would not be allowed to be sung right now. Her song would be like, well, let's just push pause for a second. You know, she's probably, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause. I'm going to go, you're like, okay, I'm going go forward. All right. So, so this prophetic voice, I just want to share something about this that I think is important. Because in prophecy, in what I've been raised in, when prophecy would happen, it was always to encourage was always to speak a word of encouragement. Sometimes maybe not, sometimes the opposite. And I was like, probably don't wanna to listen to that. A little scary and a little painful. But prophecy, prophecy spoken here is about actually standing in the future of what's being spoken there as if what's being spoken there is already happening. So prophecy is the person who's the prophet experiencing what's coming and not knowing how to live in the, in the now. And trying to talk about it while being there and trying to talk to people about getting there. She sings the song in joy because the fruit of that song would be beautiful. And she's experiencing it. You can pull up this quote, Bill, if it's still here with us. I hope I gave you this one. Did I give you this one? People are always puzzled that the pregnant woman who before giving birth speaks of her offspring approaching mission as if it's already accomplished. The way in which she sings her song calls for a future vision into the present. The resulting synergy reveals a vibrant now. Everybody say, vibrant now. It's a thing we can experience before that happens. It's called hope and expectation and something that Jesus can do before it's happening. The vibrant now. I wanna live in the vibrant now. I don't usually live in it, just to be honest. I wish I did more. Pray for me that I do. The vibrant now in which God's realm is complete and dwelling among us. The end is where we start from so that the end precedes the beginning. I'm just saying, if we were praise lappers, you would all be praise lapping. (laughs) If so, then the saving justice of God's reign is as good as accomplished among those who can articulate its outlines. It's coming. He's coming. I know you're depressed. I know you're discouraged. He's coming. He's coming. Why do you seem so certain about it? Not because I'm confident in me, but I know who Jesus is. He's coming, he's coming. We are not used to seeing the realities around us in this way. Realists, we call ourselves, ignoring the deep implications of incarnation no less than resurrection. The new thing God has already done that sleeps below the surface of our perceptions now challenges to cultivate the the ability to see God's promises as already having come to pass. Think of it. Before and under this reality lives this reality of God that's saying, I'm trying to break in. I'm going to break in. And it's looking for prophets and truth tellers and storytellers that can say, I know of a Jesus. I know of a God. He's coming. He's coming. I'm just going to be real. I haven't experienced that. Doesn't matter. He's coming. He's coming. That's his timer. He'll be here soon. Yes. He's, He's coming in the back. So just Actually, he's already here with us. So Mary for us becomes both and, becomes the manger, mother, mothering our Savior, nurturing that we see in the pictures, but also the prophetic justice singer-songwriter speaking to a group of patriotic men and women. He's coming, and this is what's gonna look like. And I'm so excited about it, I'm writing a song as I tell you. She's both. She embodies all of it, which says to us a few things we have to know. Only Christ in her can produce this kind of song. None of us are smart enough, none of of us are justice oriented enough, none of us see the truth and speak it like it is enough without Jesus to be able to do this. Because Jesus' goal is not to condemn and damn people, it's to free and liberate people, even our enemy. So when Jesus is in someone and they have a mission that looks like his kingdom, it will come to pass. But we cannot do it without the birth of Jesus in each of us. It's not gonna happen the way you want it unless you can recognize that the presence of the living God is what sustains you, it, and all of it, everything. Outside of that, it's not coming. And the appropriate first response to that interaction is joy, you're with me. Blessed are you. God is with you. Wait, what? I'm afraid. Don't be afraid. He is with you. He is blessing even your womb. He is filling you. Well, I've never, I'm I'm a virgin. Holy Spirit is gonna come upon you and birth things that are impossible. You can't fathom them because it's not necessarily just about you. It's not just what you provide to the situation. It's you plus the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's leading it. The Holy Spirit has everything that we need birthing in us. She fosters this. She hears it. She receives it. She travels 80 miles as a 13-year-old. She goes and finds a spiritual friend that's older and more mature. The spiritual friend blesses her and speaks into her. This is growing. It's growing. There's three months she's fostering. She's probably doing weird classes together with Elizabeth. There's things happening. Elizabeth's 60. She's lived life. Elizabeth's pouring into her just older womanly things and she's just learning and and growing and, and having interactions and the spirit of God is vibrant and she's fostering and she's fostering and the vision of God is not something that's happening instantly, it's growing, it's growing, it's beneath the surface coming. You have to perceive it. You have to say yes to its invitations. Just that small first step, right? Just that one invitation from today. What if you process that with the spirit of God and said, what was that about? My heart was wanting to cry when I was in the back. What was that about? Well, you don't know how to cry, Josh. Well, why do I need to cry? Because I'm gonna enter into your life when you begin to weep. Okay, let's do this. What about for you? What are the invitations right now, right? What are the invitations the Spirit of God is wanting to birth through you a mission for the world, not for you? This won't be for you to get a van and put your name on it and call it your ministry. This will be a mission that ends up asking more from you than you want to give. Because Mary stands in front of the cross, And she sees her baby son being fed into a larger vision. All of us. She has to reconcile that just her dreams are not as important as the dreams of God. But she got to be a part. We get to be a part. But the end isn't you being lifted above. (laughs) It's Jesus being lifted high. That's good news. So, when God incarnates Did we ever put the definition of incarnate up? That'd be cool to do that. That was supposed to happen a while ago. (laughs) Incarnation. You should know this because you're a Christian or a part, or you're interested in a church. Or this is a big word. The concrete act of God choosing to become human and enter our world, which fulfilled the promise of the long-awaited Messiah, the incarnation birth, the face of mercy, Jesus. This is actually when God becomes flesh, incarnation. I say this, I pray like, God, would you incarnate into this situation, into my family, into my brother, into my parents? Would you incarnate into the brokenness? Would you become flesh and live in this so so it can be birthed? So this, when God wants to incarnate, all of everything changes. When that happens to a person, to Mary, everything's thrown upside down you'll notice that what used to be okay is not okay anymore. He doesn't work with the status quo of what we provided before. He says, I'm flipping things now. What used to work for you will not work anymore. And if you want it to, this is gonna be really hard. So you have to pay attention because he's gonna flip all the things that used to sustain you because they weren't really. And he's gonna invite you into the things of his kingdom, which will sustain you and create in you a clean heart. Right? It will create in you the ability for humility. That That was too rhyming. That sounded like an old school preaching. The ability to humility. Amen? All God's people said? So the biggest thing though today is that she said yes to discipleship. Next year for us, you've already heard it, equipping the saints. If I'm going to do what I'm called to do, it's going to be seeing people grow in God. Or why am I here? This is the goal. For people to actually go deep with God. And that doesn't mean just with song or poems or reading Alexio Divino. That is like all of life being birthed through life. And if that's to happen, we need to look at Mary. (laughs) Because she is the perfect example. She bears Jesus and allows Jesus to grow within her. And then Jesus comes from her. All of it is discipleship. She fosters. This Debbie Thomas quote, I give you a quote from her every week. I'm going to let this lead us into an awkward portion of service. (laughs) This is going to be great. The Magnificat is a song of too much hope. Oh, I love that word. I love those. I've felt that before where I want to, like, I don't do good with emotions. So when I feel a lot of joy, I kind of, I honestly don't know what to do. I'm like, I don't know if I should smile. It's awkward for those around me, I'm sure. This is a song of too much hope. Of course it is, because too much hope is precisely what we're called to cultivate on this fourth and final Sunday of Advent. Can you do it? Can you find your voice and share it with the world more desperately in need than ever? What is your Magnificat? What does it sound like this year? How is God magnified through your unique perspective and vision? What stories of divine favor do you have to tell already? What glorious reversals do you see heading our way? What words will you choose to describe the good news of the Messiah you carry? Don't wait. Sing, sing, sing. This is why I like to sing with all of you guys. This is why when all of us sing these worship songs together, it's more than just saying a thing. We're literally preaching to the atmosphere together when we sing together. So beautiful. So there's gonna be some songs or some questions that pop up on the screen. And when these songs pop up on the screen, I've produced for you a very, very beautiful index card. And a pen, just for the next few moments. This song for me that I'm about to play while you interact is a song that when I hear it, I tear up because it's the song that I believe the church is to embody, and it's not gonna make sense to you unless you know what it is. And other than that, you can just tune it out, but for the next few moments, be present. Be present. I'm gonna pray actually into this. Jesus, help us to be present to notice. What is it you're trying to live through us by starting in us and fostering in us? Help us to interact and receive the invitations even today. In Jesus' name we pray. Before you leave, just know this. I, I genuinely thank each of you are a gift. I believe God wants to know you to know that. You're a gift. Not just to me and my family, to this church, to your family. You're a gift because he decided to create you and he delighted in just that that you would recognize that and begin to walk in it. For the rest of this Christmas, I bless you in that. If you're a young adult and you'd like to be a part of a pretty unique way to bless others, stick around after at the table. We'll have a meeting downstairs. If you're interested in caroling, Tuesday night, we're gonna do a carpool around to 10 or 15 houses and we would love for you to jump in even if it's not pretty. If you like candlelight services, Thursday night, 5.30, either outside or inside, depending on the weather. Jesus, I pray that you would go before us, that we would say yes to you, and that you would help us to love the world and incarnate your love. In Jesus' holy name we pray, amen. Love you guys. Thank you. Thanks, Becca. Ooh, that chord's not in there.